0: Welcome to the, how to get a job podcast. I am your host, Daniel Botero. And in this podcast, we help international STEM students land a job that sponsors their H-1B without applying to hundreds of companies. So if you enjoyed this episode, give us a follow, give us a review and share with a friend without further ado, enjoy the episode. All right. All right. Welcome, welcome back to this episode of the podcast. I'm super excited today because I got the career doctor himself mr manny duenas welcome to the show my friend how are you
1: i'm good i'm good thanks for having me daniel it's good to see you it's good to hear you my friend
0: No, thank you so much for being here today um there's probably a million topics that we'll go over today because you're just a wealth of knowledge manny but i know that what we agreed to talking about networking but before we kind of dive into networking itself um tell us a little bit more about you tell us you know how did you get into becoming The career doctor, how'd you become passionate about wanting to help others with their career?
1: Yeah. Yeah. You know, I think for me, it kind of, it stems from being a first generation college graduate, you know, while I was back in school, I didn't have access to a lot of resources. And a lot of that was just because, you know, I didn't, I didn't know where to look, I didn't have, you know, mentors, um, not have family members who had gone to college to help me kind of navigate that path. And so, you know, as I, I got older and started getting ex- more experience, you know, out of college, I realized that you know, I was picking up things on my own, and I wanted to kind of give back to uh, not only other first-generation students but people with non-traditional backgrounds. And actually, that's a lot of what my background is in. I've worked uh, in helping people from non-traditional backgrounds at boot camps uh, who looking to become software engineers. Um, And also, you know, I recently transitioned from uh, a nonprofit called Year Up, where I work with underserved communities, a lot of young adults without college degrees, breaking into tech. And so um, I think I somehow landed in this space, and I want to say it's probably because of my passion, my experience that that I've I've gone through. And so that's kind of how I've been able to step into this career, Dr doctor i guess persona
0: i suppose love it um and so man love it because obviously we we're both first generation students right uh we're both you know come from a his, like we're hispanic background and i love that you're just giving back so much and uh one of the biggest challenges that internet like more like not international but international first generation non-traditional students face is networking because one there's a cultural differences two they don't have Like their family and friends if they did work for a corporation or fortune 500 company they they worked more in a as like in a hourly job like you know they they weren't managers they weren't directors they weren't in a position of influence to get your application visibility or to get you the hookup right And, and in a sense so but me and you both know that networking is so important to this whole job search equation and the majority of jobs are filled in, you know, what people categorize as the hidden job market, which is essentially is like, oh, I have a job opening. Do I know anybody that can do the job? Or does anybody in my team does? Or who do I know that can help me fill that job? And so I we'll would love to get your perspective on like like what's your networking philosophy? How does networking play into the whole job search equation?
1: You know, you know, some people say, you know, your your, your network is your net worth kind yeah. of thing. And you know. I think that that is fairly, fairly true, you know, it, it, you know, who, you know, around you is definitely going to help you. And I think that for people like us, you know, it's definitely, you know, starting out has been a challenge with meeting like the right people and getting to, you know, at least for me, where where I am today. Um, and it took, it took a long time to, you know, expand my network and meet people. And so for me, um, I, I kind of just, um, I suppose, I'll, if I want to like reach out to someone um, for networking purposes, maybe it's an informational interview, then I am pretty brave about doing those types of things. I remember early on when I was first getting into technical recruiting in San Francisco, I actually reached out to a staffing firm and reached out to like one of like the directors and, uh, message them you know it was me who kind of was proactive and reaching out and getting in contact with them and I actually landed in an interview and got that job because of that right but that that took me like you know going on to like LinkedIn and looking for you know Staffing agencies and you know just kind of looking for the employees and seeing who had like a manager position <laughs> they were <laughs> reaching out to them you know and I you know for me like I wasn't necessarily worried about if they were going to respond or not, you know, because a lot of people like kind of hesitate because, like, oh, I might, I might, not, I might get rejected, you know. And I guess personally, for me, I never worried about that. I was just kind of like, well, let's just see what happens, and if yeah. they get back, to me, if they get back to me, that's great, and if not, that's fine. I'll just keep on reaching out to other people and see, kind of, see what sticks. And so I learned a lot through that mentality with just kind of doing and. Not necessarily worrying about like the rejection piece of things, and that's just kind of like my my personality and how a lot how I live my life a lot of the time. You know, I I, I, um, I appreciate both the the good, the bad, and the ugly, or all of those areas of of life. When it comes to networking, that's that's pretty much my philosophy. Is like try try to do try to do it, and you know, don't worry about. You know people not getting back to you because there's a ton of people out there you know who have whatever experience you're looking for and will be able to will want to connect with you so i would say that's that is how i have built my network um from the ground up
0: yeah no i love it i i i, I was writing some notes man as we as we are, are speaking <laughs> man my little whiteboard so i don't kill a bunch of trees um even though I have tons of books out there, but I keep them forever. Um, And you were saying a lot of things that I was like, I can relate to, like, and I felt the same way. So like we talked about some of the things that you said, rejection, like uh, imposter syndrome, you know, being afraid of not getting those replies and being essentially ghosted. And, um, and that feeling is like, why should they reply to me? Like if, you know, what do I have to offer? What do I bring to the table? Like, and you know, and those are the feelings that I would get when I was intimidated to reach out and have those conversations. And I think that's really common. And I think also there's part of, you know, um, you know, at least for me from the Hispanic community of just being intimidated mm-hmm. by like America and like, because America is like okay. number one. And even um, I see this also with my clients who are from India primarily, and it's like it, it's just very intimidating to go and message someone and ask for something or start a conversation and i think that i would say when it comes to networking for me the first thing is you have to decide hey like networking is part of the process not only in america but worldwide and no one and no one does anything great by themselves right and understand that Mm. the people that you're networking with at one point needed support and help from someone else and even at their current stage like I have never found a CEO or a director or a vice president that says, "Oh, I have my life figured out." No one has had life figured out, nice. like, right? And so, they might they have different problems and different obstacles. And I think what I want to challenge you all to remember, who, who who's listening to this, is to say, like, um, our problems always seems to be like the most important problems and like it feels like we're the only ones dealing with. And if I wanna challenge everybody who's listening to this to go back to like high school and how at that point when you were in high school, how it felt to be like, oh, if all those people in college have it all figured out, if only I can get accepted to the university that I want, I'll be fine, my life will be great. If only I can graduate high school or finish the 10th grade, my life will be great, right? Once I get there, I'll be great. And then, when you get to, to college, what happens? If only I can finish my pre and get accepted to the engineering school, life will be great. If only I can graduate college, and life will be great. If only I can just get the first job, Daniel. I know, like I know everything I said in the past. That was, but I mean it. If I could just get my first job, life will be great. And what happens, Manny, is you get your first job, and we've been this a month, uh, a year later, six months later. What happens? We get this itch. Like, okay, so what's next? Hey, boss, I want to be promoted. If only if I can get this promoted, right? (laughs) And I think that's just human behavior. And so you have to remember that, sure, the people that you might be reaching out to and wanting to network, maybe they've already gone through that struggle of getting their first job, but they're going through their own personal journey of what do they want next, right? And so they're also trying to network up the hill, right? So they're they're networking up. And you have to remember you have to give back to be able to give up. So I, I, I just wanted, to, I kind of went wanted a little tangent, but I, I just, I just want to humanize this networking process to realize this.
1: Yeah, it really, really, you know, it really takes a village, you know, and yeah. I'm a firm believer in that. Like I, part of the reason why I'm here at, at Intuit today, you know, in the university recruiting space is because I had friends who were, were recruiters in the industry who helped me get to where i am i reached out you know and i was confident and and when i was reaching out that you know i would be able to get support um and i did I had like a team a team of like recruiters who were like supporting me and backing me and helping me like with the interview process because i hadn't i hadn't recruited in years you know it's been a long time yeah. since i was in the recruiting space but something that um you mentioned earlier um, and this was from like your previous question, you know, just about like my networking philosophy and everything. And it kind of hit me that, you know, a lot of the times I was in a in a place in my life where I needed a job, like really badly. And I feel like nothing else mattered, right? Like the rejections like disappeared. Everything disappeared. and All I saw was I need this job. I need to reach out to this person. I need to reach out so I can get interviews. And so I did everything in my power you know to the land interviews and to speak with people expand my network because it was just kind of like it was go time
0: <laughs> yeah no I, I you know sometimes that when we get to that point of you know in a sense of desperation we we forget that the fear like like that that makes us take action which covers the fear so uh, i totally agree now uh manny like how do you suggest so like okay guys both manny danny you guys did a good job you sold me i'm ready to network but uh i don't know where to start.
1: So, I would say a great place to start. And I mean, this is I'm not reinventing the wheel here. Yeah, right? there there are philosophies and strategies for networking. So I can I'll speak from like my, my personal experience with networking. And a lot of times, I'll start with my like small circle of friends. You know, people like around me that I know. So this is this is what I did with um, breaking into tech. I went into it. You know, I, I networked my way in. Um, I had made connections through the social audio app, Clubhouse. Right? Mm-hmm. You know, just speaking on there. I met a ton of people in FANG companies or MANG companies um, all over the place. Um, one of those people was Gabrielle Woody, university recruiter, uh, manager at Intuit. And I partnered with her. Um, I'd never met her before. I partnered with her to host a university career fair on, on uh, Clubhouse. And I made I made a connection that way, right? And one day, you know, so that's that's like a personal connection that I had around me that I had worked with um not too long ago. And so when I was like, okay, well, I want to get into this space myself, who do I know? Right. That I that's top of mind. And so I reached out to Gabby and um I reached out to her via LinkedIn actually. I messaged her, you know, just catching up, hey, how's it going? And I asked her, like, hey. Well, I told her, I am interviewing. I have, I'm interested in XYZ, university recruiting, or program management. And I said, you know, I'd love to chat with you, you know, see if there's any open positions at Intuit. And she responded like a few minutes later, actually, and told me, like, hey, you know, you've got good timing. You know, we're actually opening up some roles at Intuit on our university recruiting team. And so, you know. Reaching out to the people that you've recently connected with—it um, could be people you've met on places like social social media apps. It could be friends. It could be family members. Um, and sometimes you really just got to get out of your own way. I I I know family members who won't don't want to start at that that point. You know, like around them. You know, if they have any connections, they won't want to do it. They just kind of want to figure it out and. Apply cold apply, you know, which is also a strategy, right? But I personally enjoy the networking piece a little bit more. So starting off, who's around you, and then you know, even asking them, like, who do you know? You know, yep. And in, in informational interviews, which is a great networking tool or a strategy, is a great way to keep that going, right? Who? Oh yeah, thanks for the informational interview. Who do you do you know anyone who'd be open to connect uh, connecting with me mm-hmm. so I can pick their brain. So that is something I've, I've, I've done a lot in my career and I've made a lot of connections and been able to shadow people at companies I, I didn't even work at, um, and made mentors that way and friends that way. So, um, yeah. that's where I would recommend starting.
0: Look, I, I was taking some notes on, on your particular case and I think, I think this is really interesting, right? So, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, before this Intuit job, I mean, I know that you worked that year up for about that- uh you're up for about over three years and then you were at emerge you're emerging leader fellow for Mm -hmm. tipping point community and then you did some recruiting when it was coding dojo correct yeah right so here's what's interesting that was in 2017 and this this is my point that i was trying to say is you were you were part of club you you started doing events in clubhouse right you were Mm -hmm. when you were doing events you were were, you're you're building a brand right you're showcasing yourself you're gaining visibility and part of that, the one one of the managers of the recruiting at Intuit was there that you build a relationship without needing something from her. It wasn't like ask, ask, I hear. She had already seen you do your do your thing, like talk. Like, hey, Manny knows what he's talking about. Like he's engaging, he's passionate, he's caring, right? He's volunteering his time here on Clubhouse to give advice. So he's that to a recruiter speaks more volumes than any resume that Manny can submit to her because she's her personal self has seen many at work right and that's that to me that's why it's so important that networking is key but what makes it networking better is if you're utilizing like linkedin and posting on linkedin and, and showcasing that because then it, it adds context because i think i want to i want to say is manny was able to get his job through networking ultimately but if he wasn't on Clubhouse, this wouldn't have been as smooth of a ride as it was, right? Like it was because of your visibility that you have gained and because you're essentially interviewing for a job that you weren't interviewing, right? You're essentially showcasing what you brought to the table without saying, hey, I need a job. And that ultimately was able to, like a recruiter, because sometimes you can, if you would have just applied online for this Intuit job, she could have looked at your resume and said, well, he hasn't been recruited in three years. I don't know if he's the right fit, right? But no, yeah. it was uh, it, because if you just, you have to understand what a resume, if you apply online, all a recruiter, a coordinator, a hiring manager has to base the decision on whether should we look further into you or not is your resume. And you have to understand that your resume is the most biased document in the world. It's all of the good things you've ever done in your life and none of the bad, right? So it's all your Right. And so as a recruiter, I have my recruiting experience myself as a hiring manager myself, I have to take that resume as a grain of salt. Like, I know even if you can Google it, what percentage of people lie or exaggerate on their resume It's like over over 75 percent. And so I don't know if Manning is lying or not. Right. But I have to take into account that most people do. And so everything here, I have to essentially fact check this on the interview. Like, I'm like, oh, tell me more about this experience that you have here. Right. And why I'm saying all this is to say when you have a referral from someone or a recommendation or in this scenario, Manny Mm -hmm. showcases abilities on Clubhouse, your resume no longer becomes as biased because you've built that proof in another way, right? And so if you get a referral into the company, think about this. Your resume is now as credible as the person that referred you so if it's a if, a if it's a cold referral let's say if i get a, a a referral from a someone in a different department in a different country from intuit and this was given to many sure it, it would help but it would be more impactful if it came from someone that he's has working relationship and knows oh jessica gave you the referral oh jessica's a hard worker so if you if, if if jessica says you're a hard worker and i know jessica's a hard worker then i gotta give you a second look and so um, I wanted to share all that because what it might seem like, oh, like Manny helped, was able to break into tech and get back into recruiting after a three-year gap just because of luck. There's no luck. Networking is all his visibility. So Manny, I just, I honestly want to commend you for that, but I, I wanted to use that as an example because, yeah, it was awesome.
1: Yeah. You know, and it's, I, I think I, I fall into the the bucket of people who are transitioning Right, making like a pivot, a pivot, because like yeah. I'm coming. I was coming from you know nonprofit, and now I'm I'm working in corporate and tech. Um, and my my role, you know, at Europe wasn't full on recruiting. It was you know had a lot of elements of recruiting. Yeah, and so I I know that I know what my experience is, and if you know someone looked at my resume, if I just cold applied, you know, they were like, oh well, this isn't like everything that we are looking for on paper. And so when you network and you're able to actually make a personal connection, it can speak more volumes to who you are and what you've done. Hence the clubhouse thing, right? I was, you know, on my spare time, like literally like in the evenings, you know, I, I miss dinner sometimes. You know, I was doing like I was doing career fairs, you know, to get help people get hired during the pandemic. And a lot of people came and a lot of people helped and, and supported. And I was building not only a community, but making a lot of connections and networking. And so I knew that one day that, you know, making these connections would be, would be, would be helpful if I ever needed to make like a pivot or, you know, if I ever needed help or something. So at the time I wasn't looking for anything in return, but you know, I I hope that like one day, like if I ever need something, maybe one of these people will will be there for me.
0: (laughs) And it it is right. And it's, it's, it's something that said, especially what you and everybody listening here, you'll realize it's like the, the the hardest job to get is your first one. And then after that, you've kind of started building that, that experience. Now, obviously, if you build, let's say you have six years of experience in accounting and then you try to pivot into HR or into a different area, then it's like you're restarting all over because that six years of accounting is not there is transferable skills, but it's not like a perfect match. Right. So um, and so uh, i I think that's really interesting to to understand so to me like if you're a college student and you're listening to this and you're like well yeah great well manny had experience and manny was able to speak on clubhouse i don't what am i going to go and speak at clubhouse Like, i can't do that it's like the idea is not for you to do exactly how Manny did it the idea is for you to be creative and say okay what are some ways that you can showcase your talent i i was talking to a client today right and this is a real true story. Um, and if you're listening to this, I'm not gonna say the name, but you're, I'm giving you a silent shout out here, right? And this individual uh, wants to be, and he went to school for like you know editing and uh, graphic designs and just like you know video editing, des- design, all that. He's actually in uh, in Canada, and he he's made it to the final round of two jobs, and he didn't get it. So he's like heartbroken. Very corporate jobs. And I'm like, show me your portfolio. So then he's looking and sharing with me his portfolio this morning and he starts showing me some work and he, you can just see he's like, uh-huh. and then he shows me this work that he did. And it was like a, a video editing when he's promoting like, a, like a video streamer and he's just lights up talking about it. And this one I created and it's like one of those like, like it looked like a professional YouTube, YouTube, like a YouTube video from someone who has a million subscribers that's streaming his video games. And I go, my friend, that's it. Look how passionate you got about that. Why don't you reach out to the top streamers on Twitch, right? And maybe not the ones who have a million followers, but the ones that have 10, 20, 30 followers who are getting there and said, Hey, I'll I'll edit three of your videos for free. I just want an opportunity to show to showcase my work. So one, these people can shout you out, they have a large audience. Two, you can gain more on your portfolio and continue to h- hound your craft. And three after three videos, you can say, hey, if you enjoy that work, why don't you spend more time uh, streaming video and I'll edit it and we can be a team and we can some sort of revenue share or you can pay me per video or so on like that. And that to me, that's still networking. That's still creativity, reaching out and building experience. So how you do it could be different. The idea is that you do it and you just don't rely on cold application. Yeah.
1: And completely agree with you. And you actually just, you know reminded me like taking taking me back to to my university university days um when I graduated from San Francisco State University um I, I honestly I didn't know what I wanted to do yeah you know I majored in information systems and I realized my senior year that I didn't want to pursue that you know I just I, but I needed to finish it you know because I I wanted to finish what I started yeah. <laughs> senior year what are you gonna do um, and so I at that time I did a very similar thing to what I was saying earlier. I looked around me and I was like, okay, who can I who can I contact and ask about opportunities? And so my one of my professors, um, her name is Lei Jin. Um I reached out to her and asked her if she knew like any internship opportunities. And this was like my senior year, and she ended up, you know, responding and told me about one. I ended up getting that internship while I did get it. You know, I, I, I found out it was like one of those points in time where you figure out like what you like and what you don't like, <laughs> yeah. uh, which is so important early on when you, when you like, when you graduate or like if you're working during college, you know, you start figuring out what you like and what you don't like, and that helps with like your career, like what direction you want to go in your career. And so I'd taken like this marketing internship and hated it. Hated it. After three months, you know, I, I, I threw in the towel and I, I decided to do something else. And that's how I got into recruiting. But I asked. I reached out to someone who I had recently, you know, been in class with my professor. And if I didn't have, if I didn't ask, I wouldn't have known that that opportunity was there. Yeah. And guess what? And guess what? I wasn't a straight A student. <laughs> you know, I, I passed your class, but I wasn't like the like the the genius in the classroom or anything. But I happened to ask, and there happened to be something there. So no. it, it's really like you know, those mails don't get them as well. Like
0: yeah. No. I- Th- that's that's such a good story. It's so true it's like uh when i was in college i was not the best student i graduated with a 2.9 gpa i kind of post about this a lot and about that gpa part, but what a lot of people don't know is that i actually was really have i'm um, had really good relationship with the professor so like I, I wasn't like the best at taking the test but like i was really engaged in class like i, I you know i would be the one that would go to the office hours and um even like i went back to go speak at a professor's class um like two three years later this is when i started doing career coaching and he's like yeah come be a guest speaker and i said absolutely whatever you want dr valdez right and if you're listening dr valdez see so much i still love you he goes i just want to share I have one of my favorite students of all times uh and i had it, had it like a low b in his class right and so it's like it doesn't ultimately. It doesn't matter. And, and and you're right. It's like having those conversations with the professors, um, which also led to me getting a scholarship for the marketing department. Because a professor was like, "Hey, apply for this scholarship." There's in, in there is more scholarship money available than there is applicants. So um, mm-hmm. I'm like, "All right, great, wow. perfect, I will." And it was it was like not a big scholarship. It's like a five hundred dollars. But five hundred dollars is five hundred dollars <laughs> back then. Oh my! When you're a student, that's gold. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so no, I agree. Um, so many, uh, question for you. obviously network is important, but, uh, what advice do you have? So fall recruitment is the most important time of the recruitment season for most companies. Um, what are some things that students can do right now as, um, they're getting ready for fall recruitment?
1: You know, I always say success leaves breadcrumbs. And so being in places where. You know, like LinkedIn, for example, right? And, and con- I guess consuming content on there. There are a ton of people who are posting resources, you know, how to fix up your LinkedIn profile, how to fix up like your resume. You know, it's really just finding like the right breadcrumbs for what you need, but they're there, right? So, and that can lead you to whatever success that you're looking for. So, for people for students who are you know ramping up for the upcoming recruiting season i you know i think it's important to one network of course Mm -hmm. and use places like linkedin and i've done some research recently i was doing a lot of research around platforms that you know students use the most and linkedin during job searching linkedin is actually the highest used among college students so be on places like LinkedIn, engage in your community, network. Um, you never know who will reach out to you or re- people that you'll connect with. You may find that, you know, maybe you'll, there are university university recruiters who will connect with you, right, and, and see you because when you engage, you become more, more visible. Especially if you're in a yeah. your job search, that's what you want. You want to be more visible. So prior to that, <laughs> get your resume ready, get your resume in top shape. Right. Um, get your LinkedIn in top shape. Those things are so important. I and mean, depending on what field you're in, you, know, you might need a portfolio. Um, and, you know, obviously start preparing, researching around the, the interviewing. And right for now, I would say that as far as interviews go in that type of preparation, like the general, you know, like behavioral interviews, the general interview questions are a good place to start. Now, once you know what you're gonna be actually interviewing for, then you can start digging in, you know, and you know if you need to study technical questions, then you know you can you can do that when you know what uh, interviews you're gonna be landing for internships. Um, but yeah, it's gonna get busy very soon here, especially especially uh, places like Intuit. Um, it's gonna get crazy over here. There's gonna be a lot of uh, students applying. so um yeah do you, do your end, do your end? Of the uh, the job search piece and network for sure.
0: Uh, That's is, is awesome advice. And how would you suggest um, a student be able to stand out amongst others, especially like companies that are so competitive, like you know, like the tech companies, Intuit, you know, the main companies, and so on?
1: Yes, I'm so I'm so glad that you asked because I um, I recently was I was going through like 300 plus applications for uh, a few software engineering roles, and this is for Canada. Um, But there was a lot of people who played, right? And I had to look at resumes, um, and it was a little bit different. So I was looking at like, you know, what uh, internships they had, and how the performance in those internships, I was looking at their resumes, and then I was also looking at their grades. So all those things were telling, were were kind of signaling um, me like, what type of candidate they were. But here's the thing, since this was, you know, for SWE software engineering roles, every resume, you know, either nearly hit everything that we're looking for for the job requirements, um, or, or let me reframe that. Almost, I would say, like 80% of those applicants hit the mark. Like, we're you know, qualified. Like, we're, we're qualified. They were all qualified. And there were like maybe, a, you know, a few that, you know, weren't meeting like the basic qualification. And so it was hard for me. You know, to kind of really like just like distinguish who we were going to move forward with and not. And so I found myself at times going to people doing things, you know, because I wanted to see what else they were doing, because every resume looked the same. you know. so if you want to stand out, you know, resume, you know, obviously is like paper. But if you really want to stand out, take to LinkedIn. You know, build out your LinkedIn profile. You know, build out a banner, which a lot of people actually <laughs> kind of gone, neglect. Show your banner some love. You know, um, mm-hmm. and your headline and your about section. Those are so important pieces. And I, I talk about this a lot with, with, with interns. So focus on those areas, and that will help with standing out um, from the crowd, the sea of applicants. Yeah. And so those three things can you know shift someone's um, uh ship someone's idea if they're going to you know move you forward in the process or not and yeah. it happens it happens lightning fast
0: i want to ask you and obviously it, we're going to make this very g- generic or general because um because you work in different roles and, and obviously to not maybe talking about things that are, you're currently working on but like so companies on average in the united states this is a real stat an average of 250 applications for every role that they open now that's an average, which means some companies get thousands, some companies get 10, right? So, so think about that average. And you even mentioned in that example that you're looking at over a couple thousand applications, right? Now, let, a lot of the students that are listening to this are like math people. So let's just kind of like, mm. let, let, let's kind of draw it up as an example. So let's say for easy math purposes, a thousand people apply, right? So you go in like, man, there's a thousand people apply. Right? out of that thousand people are all in how much of that is all are all thousand people are reviewed by you or someone or a coordinator or a sourcer or somebody or is there some level of automation that happens maybe our like qualification questions like will you now or in the future like do they do we require a sponsor if we don't sponsor them automatically like what how many of that actually gets human views
1: yeah so if we're talking like not like in the the thousands number, and we're talking about automation. So, um, places like big tech companies I've noticed, you know, are using things like ISIMS, you know, Mm -hmm. which is, um, you know, another applicant, uh, type of applicant tracking system. So Intuit uses ISIMS, um, and there is, you know, a fair amount of automation, um, that goes on before, you know, your application actually is, is viewed by a person. So. Of that minutes and thousand. Let me like a percentage.
0: Me, but, just about percentage. Like okay, you know what? Like, about eighty percent are out, or like forty percent are out. Like just because of automation. Like,
1: yeah, yeah. I you know personally, I think that I personally like to to look at as many resumes as I can um when it comes to ap- applicants. Yeah. Um. So, you know, I would say. You could say
0: conservatively too. It doesn't even obviously it's gonna differ by role, it's gonna differ on the demand. there's gonna be so many things that are are, are, that are factors here, right? This is why this is a very general answer.
1: Yeah, you know, I would say like more like on the the lower end the lower end, like more toward like the 40%. And 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 you know, you know what, it really, it really does depend, you know, on the, the, the quality of the candidate. Uh, like if everyone's a good fit you know 100 people go through yeah we'll,
0: we'll actually and qualify you, and go through so like yeah. the scenario that you're looking at right you said that you're looking to a couple thousand out of those couple thousand how many moved on um, around how many move on to the next round
1: yeah so i can actually actually calculate that for you so the way that it went was like this so there was like this many people and then okay, okay. So I know that you were so you were using like the thousand. A thousand you can do methods. three thousand. So, um, I know that you 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 said three thousand, but well, I just I, I wanted to um, backstep backpedal here because earlier I said it was like around like three hundred, right? So three. I went through like around three hundred applications. Three hundred. Okay. Of those applications, we the first batch that I sent over to the recruiter um, for the for the Rex was about twenty-three.
0: You said twenty-three. Mm-hmm. Okay so and so that and that recruiter will then let's say best case scenario says, okay, 15, we're gonna interview like right or even if even if 23 are interviewed like you're you're looking at less than ten percent. So like ninety percent of people don't get an interview, probably even more,
1: right? Yeah, you know, because when I sent that batch over, you know I, I knew that like they were also the recruiter was actually going to like take a look at that and filter it down even more to like a handful of people that you know were um, best suited for what they were looking for. and so my job you know as a to filter you know, that a, down, yeah yeah is to help out the recruiter and filter it down because I can do it really quickly um and so it re- <laughs> the number is very small when you know when it comes when it comes down to it as far as those who are getting actually getting interviews
0: right um, and so you- a couple of questions there. Uh, you 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 reviewed about three hundred appl- uh, resumes or applications. How long did
1: that take you to do? You know, when I got into the groove of it, of of um, reviewing them, I would say like an hour. It took me like an hour to get get through all of them. Um, Right, and this is what I, what, I, what I want,
0: I want everybody to think about this, because this is very standard, if you look at studies, right, in the beginning, when there's a lot of applications, companies don't spend a lot of time per applications because they have so much. So, th- if you divide 300 by, let's say, three hours, right, you're looking at 100 resumes an hour, right? how how much is and you're saying manny doesn't have to go to the bathroom you're saying manny doesn't drink water you're saying manny doesn't that doesn't doesn't have to text his like his wife like there's things that go on too so like a recruiter is not spending more than 10 seconds originally on your resume There, there there's there's a scanning part that has to go through happen i have to scan Okay, did you meet my original scan? Do you match the GPA requirement or the, the 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 major requirement or the experience requirement? Then maybe there's a second layer where I might read it even a little bit more because if there's those 23 people that made it to the next round. I'm sure they spend more many spend more than 10 seconds on it. But for the vast majority, some people, some resumes are like, Oh, this is in two seconds, you're like, oh, next, right? And then some you spend more time, but the average goes down to 10 seconds and and I say all that because that's all this happens before an interview even happens. Right. And so what I want to keep, I want to have all of you keep in mind um is networking can help bypass this where 90% of people are deleted. Right. That that's I'm bringing this back to the networking, right? Because if if Manny would have gotten an a message, let's say if I have someone to say, Hey Manny, I know you're looking for a software engineer in Canada. Um, here is somebody I know that, um, it's qualified and it matches the job description uh, and, he, and here's the job requisition that's attached to it. Right. Um, many most likely will spend more than 10 seconds on it. And it's not guaranteed he's going to get the job. This we're not talking. All I am saying is that the referral, the networking part of it allows your resume to get enough visibility to get a fair shot, like a more of a fair shot. It's like it, right. More, more opportunity. And I guess that's what I'm pushing here.
1: Yeah, I I completely agree. And, you know, my career has been filled with networking. You know, I've always chosen to go that route first before, like, sending out applications. Um, And I've gotten the majority of the jobs that I've had in my career that way as well. So highly, highly recommend going the networking route. You know, some people will say, you know, maybe it's, it's harder and, you know, it could be more drawn out than just cold applying and then being done with it. But I, I firmly believe that the value of it is greater and the actually the percentage of, the percentage is higher of you actually landing interviews and getting a job is higher. Because yeah. you get you get to choose. You know, you're more in control of your networking. Right? Yep.
0: So. I love it. Manny, this has been awesome. Um so, what's the best way? If people want to learn more about you and what you do with the career doctor, what is the best way for them to get a hold of you or reach out to you or connect with you or follow you?
1: Yeah, yeah. So connecting, following me, uh best place, LinkedIn, obviously. So yeah. just look at men, men do I miss the career doctor. You can't miss me. I have a little doctor in a heart on there. Um, also, you can check out my website. It's under construction right now, but it'll be rolling out the in its entirety very soon here. Um www.career.doctor, which is pretty unique. Careerdoctor.com <laughs> is taken. <laughs> so those are good starting points to uh, getting connected with me. If you're a student you know, and you are looking for internships, definitely, definitely reach out, connect with me via LinkedIn. That's probably the best place to reach me.
0: Love it. Manny. thank you so much, my friend. Have an amazing day. And for everybody listening, uh, check you guys in the next episode. See you later, guys whoa 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 if you're still listening it's because you've reached the end of the episode and that speaks volumes of you in an age of distraction the fact that you're still listening to this means that you're serious about your career and to do that i want to return the favor and reward you for this behavior so to do that i want to give you access to a free 30-minute webinar that's going to completely change the way you job search this webinar i was built just for international stem students and we're going to talk about the three biggest mistakes international STEM students make when looking for a job and how to fix them so if you want to get access to this webinar go to to masteringcollege2career.com forward slash webinar podcast